0: Today is Tuesday, March 24, 2020. On this day in 1873, convicted serial killer Mary Ann Cotton was executed for fatally poisoning her stepson, Charles Edward Cotton. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today, we're covering the hanging of Mary Ann Cotton, Her punishment was witnessed by 20 reporters whose names have all been lost to time. In this episode, we'll look at the event through the eyes of a journalist with the Dundee Courier and Argus, who we'll call Ernest. Let's go back to Durham Prison in Northeast England just before 8 a.m. on March 24, 1873. A row of reporters chatted amongst themselves. 20 men from all of the local newspapers swapped tips and speculated on what they were about to see. The air thrummed with excitement, their happy enthusiasm, a sharp counterpoint to the gallows at the center of the room. That day, Ernest would witness history. The black widow, Mary Ann Cotton, would be hung right before his eyes. For weeks, the Dundee Courier and Argus had covered her trial, painting Mary as a wicked, heartless woman. And now, the villain would finally be put to rest. Ernest had been covering beats long enough to have a bit of skepticism about sensational stories like Mary's. He understood that Mary probably wasn't nearly as bad as she'd been depicted. But his job wasn't to report the news. It was to sell papers. Ernest felt a pang of surprise when a pretty, scared-looking 40-year-old woman was led out by her executioner. She was so thin, her black dress hung off her skeletal frame. Her face was pale from fear or illness, Ernest couldn't tell. She seemed young and innocent. Certainly, she didn't look like a monstrous killer. Of course, Ernest hadn't been hired to write about frightened, genteel ladies. On his notepad, he scrawled, Mrs. Cotton, who scowled fiercely and with an air of defiance at the crowd, and who muttered constantly but indistinctly, took her place upon the drop with remarkable composure. As he finished jotting down his report, Mary was led onto the platform. A prison official took pity and asked if she needed help with the final few steps, but Mary declined. Instead, she reached the spot and cried, Lord, receive my soul! Lord, have mercy! With no further ceremony, the executioner drew the bolt. A trapdoor dropped. Mary's body jerked as the noose tightened. For several long seconds, the only sound in the room was the furious scribble of quills against parchment, but the frantic reporting was interrupted by a pained gasp. When Ernest looked at Mary again, he saw her face twisted in horror and agony, her feet kicked in the air. The execution had gone wrong. Rather than a quick, clean snap of the neck, Mary spent several minutes thrashing and gasping in pain. Ernest watched her suffer. All he could think was what a great story this would make. He poised his quill above the paper, counting the seconds while Mary struggled against her bindings. Finally, she breathed her last. He wrote... The wretched woman was launched into eternity. Up next, we'll discuss the crimes that rocketed Mary Ann Cotton into infamy. Now back to the story. On March 24, 1873, 40-year-old serial killer, Mary Ann Cotton was executed in Durham prison. 20 journalists attended the hanging, eager to squeeze every paper sale they could out of the sensational story. They'd called her the Black Widow due to the long line of dead spouses and children she'd left behind. She married four husbands, gave birth roughly a dozen times, and had numerous stepchildren. Nearly all of these family members died of stomach pains, diarrhea, and vomiting, which doctors of the time attributed to gastric fever. Mary first drew suspicion in 1872. That was when she tried to get rid of an unwanted stepson, Charles Edward Cotton. She wanted him sent to a workhouse, a 19th century version of an orphanage and job placement center all rolled into one. But the proprietor refused to take young Charles in, leading Mary to quip, I won't be troubled long. He'll go like the rest of the Cotton family. Less than a week later, her prophecy came true. Charles died of vomiting, diarrhea, and stomach pain, the same as her other children and husbands. This tipped off the workhouse proprietor, who reported his suspicions to the police. An autopsy revealed that Charles hadn't died of gastric fever at all, but of arsenic poisoning. Another of Mary's recently deceased loved ones was exhumed, and an examination confirmed that he, too, had consumed fatal amounts of arsenic. While Mary had many more alleged victims, investigators considered this evidence enough, especially since the deadly gastric fever had symptoms identical to an arsenic overdose. Reports of Mary's supposed vicious streak were splashed across front pages and headlines. Lloyd's weekly newspaper called her a wretched mother, while the Dundee Courier and Argus outlined her cold-reserved manner. Other papers made wild, unfounded allegations. They listed every friend or acquaintance who'd died in her vicinity and suggested Mary had murdered them all. This included a sister-in-law who probably passed away due to pneumonia, which has symptoms very different from those of arsenic poisoning. Throughout her trial and her time in the spotlight, Mary maintained her innocence. She argued that she kept arsenic in her home for pest control and that her husband's and children's ingestion must have been accidental. The journalists didn't buy it, nor did her jury. They found her guilty of Charles' murder and sentenced her to death by hanging. The penalty was even harsher than the court may have intended. Mary's hangman had a history of incompetence and botched executions, and Mary's was no different. Her neck didn't break when she was hung. Instead, it took her an estimated three painful minutes to strangle to death. Some papers celebrated the cruel execution as just desserts for a heartless murderer. Today, authors like Martin Connolly propose that Marianne Cotton may not have been the cruel serial killer history remembers her to be. It's possible that some of her family members really did die of gastric fever, or that the poisonings might have been accidental. Unfortunately, it's impossible to determine for sure, as most records of her crimes come from trial transcripts and newspaper coverage, and the press was prone to sensationalize Mary's misconduct. We may never know whether Mary Ann Cotton was a vicious killer, a victim of circumstance, or some combination of the two. Regardless of the true story, she will likely always be remembered As the Black Widow. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. To hear more about Mary Ann Cotton, listen to her episodes of Female Criminals, in which we explore her life, psychology, and the motives for her alleged murders. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love, Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Angela Jorgensen with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson.